The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This episode of Radioactive Metal is dedicated to the memory of Patty Valencourt. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to, uh, with a little help from my friends, episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 756, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron, and dear listeners, if you live above the Mason-Dixon line, I don't know what parallel that is. Um, and I honestly don't know how it's going to work on the other side of the globe. But if you're here in North America, you're above the Mason-Dixon line. Chances are the air is getting chilly. It's crisp. The leaves are starting to change. Fall is upon us. And you know what that means? It means you need True Call Coffee. T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T Coffee.com. The blackest hottest, most metal coffee out there, you get yourself a hot steaming cup of True Call Coffee, and we're going to make um, the Royal Canadian for, for this you know fall season. You're going to pour in some maple syrup. You want to give it a little kick? Get the bourbon barrel aged maple syrup. Have you ever had that snowman? Bourbon no. Barrels? Oh, no, dude. that's... Okay. It's, it's borderline molasses. It's kind of like tar. And it's right. strong, and it's delicious. But mm. boy, I can't have a lot, like because the the taste is just so overpowering. But it's mm-hmm. great. Like I want to try to like meat and things. It's mostly it's just been pancakes, you know. So I'm having a banger of a breakfast. But anyway, so pour that into your true cold coffee, sweeten it a little bit to taste like that. Go outside in the cool, crisp night air. Enjoy the moonlight. Enjoy the starlight. Enjoy the leaves falling. And watch out for things that go bump in the night. Mm-hmm. Snowman, what's going on with you? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Because, yes, it is October 2nd now as we speak. So that means the spooky season. But before we kind of get into because we got a little bit of uh, radioactive metal house cleaning here to do. Well, hang on. If today is October 2nd, do you know what Wednesday is? Uh, 
um, October 4th? It's 10-4, good buddy! <laughs> oh, 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 is that a thing? Oh, it is for me. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. All my coworkers will hate me on Wednesday. <laughs> All day long. Uh, yeah, you know what? That would be really irritating. Thank you. I think I'm going to be using that. You're welcome. Word. Especially because you work with truckers. Yeah. yeah you just yeah, be like, like, hey, you guys know what today is? It's October 4th. It's 10 4, good buddies. <laughs> now, I don't, I don't, I'm not a dispatcher or anything. Okay, but don't you my, see him at the warehouse? I'm like I'm I'm inside the warehouse. I yeah. don't do any of the trucker dispatching or, or anything. But don't but they my, come into the warehouse? Um yeah, they got they gotta unload their trucks and exactly. All that. and, yeah. That's where you get it. Oh yeah, oh for sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. definitely going to be throwing that to a couple people for sure. But my my co host co host, my cohort, my work wife, okay. I call her the blonde. Take a guess as to why. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, she has dark hair. <laughs> she does the dispatching. Okay. And she, when she's done with what, talking to one of our truck drivers, she actually says 10-4. Oh, dude. And I just had this vision in my head of her asking me, hey, can you do this for a little while? I have to step away. To which I would say, like, no, I'm not doing that. But. I just kind of pictured myself doing that. And there's no way that I would be saying 10-4. Like, I could just picture her saying, well, make sure you say 10-4 after every, after every call. And I'd be, I, and I know this is what I would do. I would look at her and go, do you see me holding a chimpanzee named Bear? There's I mean, no, there, there's no I, way. I'd I, go I'd get say, one. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the only way I'm saying ten four is if I if you go get me a chimpanzee, then then we'll talk. Okay, for our younger listeners, whoosh. Okay, <laughs> Every, go and Google BJ and the Bear. Okay, um, so so yeah, I'm definitely tell me you remember BJ and the Bear. Oh, I totally remember BJ and the Bear. Okay, to the point where I'll be googling. Um, Chimpanzee rentals in uh, Winnipeg. There we are. You know, so sending one over on Wednesday. If a chimpanzee shows up, you know what you have to do. Okay, I would appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking about at work and true Cavalt coffee and all that. Um, every week, every weekday while I'm at work, as my shift is winding down. One of our commercial radio stations, the Classic Rock Station, um, they uh, have what they call the Big Dumb Debate. Okay. And I've talked about this on the show a few times. Whenever they talk about music, something music related, I always get in there and, you know, I, I, I always call and throw in my two cents about it. Well, last week, okay, one of the topics was what is the best coffee? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, at first I was thinking I should call in and say and share the um the the joke I have with Mrs. Snowy like she loves her Tim Hortons coffee. Yeah. I'm kind of a wise guy. No. Okay? Yeah, yeah, I know it's hard it's hard to believe. I, I was thinking my my rib with the wife is 
Yeah, well, Tim Horton, he's sucked on the ice and his coffee sucks today. <laughs> you know, which, which I know the coffee is great and he was a great hockey player, but I'm kind of a smart ass and all that. So I was thinking about doing that. No, let's do this. I call in Mr. DJ Man. I'm now on the air. Hey, what's the best coffee? Okay, now I have to word this correctly so it doesn't look like I'm plugging something. Right. Okay, or they or they won't air it. But I said, yeah, I'm a big metal fan. And I just happened to be just going on social media when I discovered True Cult Coffee. Now, I'm not much of a coffee drinker. I, that, I took that from you. You know, you're you're not much of a coffee it's drinker. True. I use that. I'm not really much of a coffee drinker. Um, but we decided, you know, look, this is a metal prod. This is a metal product and all that. So I decided we were going to order a couple bags. And ever since then, we've been regular subscribers to True Cult Coffee and all that. And the DJ's like, oh, you know, I've never heard of that. That sounds yes. really good. And I'm like, well, I like to. You know, I like I, I like to support, you know, things like that. The bottom line, okay, I had True Cult Coffee being discussed on mainstream radio up here. I'm so proud. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. See, I would have called back and done different voices, and I would have just <laughs> been making stuff up. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I would have tried to do because um, what was what was the coffee commercial that Giles was in? Was it Folgers or Maxwell House? You remember that? No, I don't. What the hell? You don't remember really? Giles being a coffee? Giles from, well, no, maybe he didn't make it to you know Canada, but Giles is in a coffee commercial. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Okay, and. Um, I would like, I would have looked that up and been like doing one of his lines and talking about whatever coffee he liked in that one. And then mm -hmm. I would have called back. I would have done another voice and I would have been like, I don't drink coffee. I would not poison my body with that nonsense, you know, and because if it's ridiculous, they're absolutely going to put it on the air, mm -hmm. you know? And then like, I would just like literally be Googling coffee commercials and keep calling back and just doing different bits until somebody catches on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned Giles because I'm having fireballs here tonight in my Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I cup. I love the way we do this. We have no idea. We're on the other side of the continent and it just, the rock and roll gods just kind of hook us up with all this really cool stuff. Well, yeah. Giles. Yeah. The yeah, of course. Yeah. Hey, for sure. For sure. Speaking of which, it is October 2nd once again as we speak. And as is tradition around these parts in Snowy Manor here, the October Horror Movie Challenge is going on, and I am two movies in already. Um, I'm off to a good start. October 1st, last night, I was like, okay, what do I want? You know, I got to start it off, you know, with a real banger. Okay. Do you, have you recall, I know this isn't really your thing, but 1980, if you were in a video store in the 80s, you saw the box. Okay. okay. 19, 1980s Maniac. Oh, I do remember that. I've never oh. seen it. 
Oh, okay. Well, it's <laughs> it's it's it it got a lot of panties bunched and a lot of feathers ruffled. People people protested outside for its violence, and you, there was there's footage of uh, billboards being painted over, and it made the the video nasty list in uh, England, the top fifteen movies that were banned and all that. I believe, it. yeah, yeah. But it's it's an amazing film. It's absolutely fantastic. It's just not for the weak of heart. But yeah, so I decided to go with that. And last night as well, um, well, it was the other side of midnight. So this morning, I went with The Burning, which is a, uh, you know, a summer camp slasher inspired by Friday the 13th that... Uh, yeah, we, it has a couple of its own uh, infamous sequences, shall we say. And uh, yeah, yeah, two absolutely great movies that I'm starting this uh, October horror movie challenge with. I hope everyone uh, listening is doing the same. Um, I'm keeping everything up to date on our radioactive metal facebook page so every day if you want to go there and check out what snowy's been rotting his brains with you will find that um october as well mid-october i could never remember the exact date but in a couple weeks shall we say will be the 17th anniversary of Radioactive Metal. Wow. Seven, yeah, 17 years already. It doesn't It doesn't seem that long. It just... Uh, I don't want to say it's been a blur, but... Uh, yeah, it's, I have to remind blur, myself. It's just, like, how is that even possible? Like, It's hard uh, to believe yeah. that podcasts have existed that long. And yeah, well, they hadn't existed much longer before we went on the air. Oh no, that's just it. Uh-huh. Wow, dude. We're one of the original handful of metal podcasts for sure, and you know, a couple of them are still around. But yeah, I've just seen so many other, you know, metal and punk podcasts just come and go, and we're still, you know. Rolling, I said rolling, I'm gonna roll That's right. <laughs> I said as long as there's uh breath in my body, I'm gonna do this, you know. So and it's really cool to have you along with for the ride, my friend. So yeah, a couple more weeks and we're selling celebrating another anniversary before we kind of get on with the grunt here, unfortunately. Like Every time we do a dedication, okay, it sucks. It sucks tenfold, you know, when it's someone that we know we have a relationship with, someone we had on the show, okay, someone that we've, you know, had some sort of interaction, even if it was just just on social media, but when it's, an actual family member, and that's what we'll call her, obviously, it def- definitely hurts the most. If you're, you know, you're a relatively new listener, and the name Patty Valiant Court doesn't ring a bell, well, um, our former 
co-host, Mr. Rock Valiancourt, um, who without him, I don't know if there would have been a radioactive metal when he took up the mantle with me, but without him, it's just this definitely this show definitely wouldn't have been the same. And Patty was his loving wife, who um like like our listeners now hear me make reference to Mrs. Snowy and Mrs. Aaron. Well, Mrs. Rock, you know, was had her her place on the show over the years. So when we got the news that she left us, it was definitely a gut punch. And we um, wish nothing but the best to Rock and his family. And that's too bad. We are so sorry, my friend. But I know Patty wouldn't want us to sit here and cry in our beers or anything like that. She'd want us to get on with it. And all that. So for this week's uh, mandatory metal segment, courtesy of the good folks at a True Cavalt Coffee, let's get into some cool tunes here. Exorcist. Okay, now we've had the classic Exorcist. We just played the, the, that classic Nightmare Theater album a couple weeks ago. This is a new Exorcist. With just a capital X, Orcist, okay, and not, I believe, what was it, about 10 years ago, wasn't there an industrial exorcist with just a capital X? Well, it's not them either. It's just a cool new thrash and death metal band, courtesy of the good folks at Prosthetic Records. Well, the new exorcist at the slumber, at the Lumber Steps of Serenity available now. Really, really cool stuff. This is Blessed by the Divine.
We've been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Okay, dude, what's going on? All right, man. So, um, you know, I think you may have mentioned this already, but we were uh, absent this past week. We took a week off. And that's because I was traveling. I had to, um, you know, get get around the country a little bit for work here. And um, I, since I was in Florida, I was able to find a little downtime and make my way to Halloween Horror Nights over at Universal Studios Orlando. Okay. First time ever doing Horror Nights. Like, ever. <laughs> right? Okay. And, what, um, what exactly is that? Well, basically, they set up five or six haunted houses within the park. And then mm-hmm. they set up um, scare zones within the park. And the park, you know, it, like they shut down at five. It reopens like at 630. And, you know, lights come up. It just becomes scary and that sort of stuff. So, and there's themed areas. Um and I know like a lot of parks do like, like a Fright Fest where they de- decorate for fall and stuff like that. And obviously they're decorated. But the haunted houses are like a big attraction because this is universal, right? Movie company. So they're going to do things on a different level. Um, so they had a bunch of haunted houses this year. Uh, and again, I've never done these before. I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, I have a buddy who lives down there that loves this and he had just gone like a few days before I had. So he was like, go here, go here, that sort of stuff. Um, but I went for the universal monsters. Um, I can't remember what, what it was called. It's just something with universal monsters with the haunted house. Right. And these haunted Mm. houses are built in sound stages, right? Like behind the park. So like you're walking and doing these crazy cues. So this one, dude, it, it takes you through, and I, I think it was, was it like the Hunchback of Notre Dame and the Phantom of the Opera, I think were the monsters they were doing, but they okay. take you through like a story. And this is the first haunted house I've been through where there's actually like a story that you're walking through, right? And so like picture this, you walk in there above you is like, like the stone archway, like, like a castle or something like that. Like, like th- think like the old stone architecture of Paris. Mm-hmm. And you see this guy in a raincoat and it's night and he's carrying a lantern, you know, the old style lantern walking across this, you know, I can't think of the name, the proper name for it, but you walk in and you're being rained on. Like mm-hmm. it's raining inside. And it's like, holy okay. crap. Like, like you're, you're right in there, right? It's, it's like being part of the movie, right? And then you walk to the next section and then something changes. And then there's this other section and there's flowers on the wall. You can smell the flowers. Like they're pumping in sounds and sights and, and smells. And then they're jumping from everywhere and scaring the shit out of you. It's great. Like I was screaming left and right and laughing at myself and it was so wonderful. And, and that one was my favorite. Um, the lines were crazy long when I was there. Like I waited in line about 75 minutes for that one. Wow. Yeah, it was really long, but then on my way out uh, and here's the best part, dude, I kept telling myself I was going to be there two hours and go home. Right. I was there easily three, four hours. 
you know. Uh, okay. Because the first thing I did is I wanted to go to uh, Diagon Alley, right? Because mm-hmm. they have Harry Potter at Universal. And so I'm like, I'm going to Diagon Alley and I'm going to go have dinner at the Leaky Cauldron, which I did. And that was a blast. And while you're in Diagon Alley, they have the Death Eater experience. So there's just Ooh. Death Eaters running through and, you know, doing whatever their thing is. And it's like, holy shit, like, this is great, you know. And the scare actors are cool because they interact with you, but, you know, nobody touches you, nothing like that. You're not going to get, you know, even at the haunted houses, nobody's going to touch you. But they are fantastic. And, like, in the haunted houses, it's hard to tell if it's an animatronic or if it is uh, a person. Because the actors are so good at mimicking what the robots are doing, you can't tell until they, like, you know, come alive more, you know. Um, but then, so on my way out, I went through another haunted house called Blood Moon. This one's Ooh. all you, right? So I was hoping it was going to be werewolves. It was not. It was all a right. cult that worships the moon. Ah. You know? And again, I was thinking, oh, good, werewolf cult, something like that. So now it was just like cult, cult. But, dude, you go through this. Like, you walk in there, and, you know, I mean, you're walking from outside this big building to poof. Now you're in, like, a field. There's a, there's a full moon out. You can see the moon. You're walking through this, like, village. And there's people strung up. Entrails are falling out. There's bodies burning. It, it's good. But then, like, the last part, you're walking through this church of people. And you can't tell, like, are these just, um, you know, mannequins or is somebody going to jump out at me? And <laughs> it's great. Like, the suspense is amazing. And I was so disappointed because I wanted to do the Stranger Things house. And I wish, since I ended up staying later anyway, I should have just sucked it up and gone to that one. Because mm-hmm. um, I, th- I think it would have been fantastic. Because, like, the, the universe is my favorite because I knew the stories and that sort of stuff. The Blood Moon, there's nothing right. wrong with it. Like, it's just not my thing. It's, it's fantastic, but I just, it wasn't my thing. Like I didn't enjoy it. You know, like you would have probably been all about it. Oh, no doubt. You know, but so it was just a blast. Like I said, I'm just wandering around the park, having a great time. They've got scare actors and costumes roaming around, you know, the different sections are themed. It was just a blast. You know, I ended up not getting into probably one in the morning. Ah, yeah, you go, great. boy. Yeah, dude, it was a good time, man. It was a good time. And then also while I was there, and this kind of goes along with our Halloween theme, um, of course, I'm going to check out guitar shops. You know, like mm-hmm. after work is done, I'm always going to go check out a guitar shop. I found a 1970s vintage bass. And I say 70s because they think the body was a 75, or I think they could verify the body's a 75. The neck is definitely a 70s neck, but nobody can verify the year on it. And then the neck plate is like a 76. Um, The bridge is an original. The pickups aren't original. And it's just this mishmashed Frankenstein together guitar, right? So right there, it's made from the pieces of other things. It's Frankenstein's monster. Right. I love that. Already. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, I'm laughing to myself as I'm like playing this thing, thinking, oh, it's like Johnny Cash is one piece at a time. You know, he's just got right. this mishmash of parts. And 
it, it, so here's here's what's funny, and I'm probably going to polarize some of the other you know guitar enthusiasts in the audience. When I was coming up, like in the '80s, people would talk about the '70s Fender instruments because, like, when I got was when I was getting my Fender, Fender was still in the process of transferring from CBS back to employee ownership. So the employees were buying it back from Fender, and um, because CBS, like so many other corporations that tried to swoop into the guitar industry when it was a cash cow after the Beatles. Um, they were concerned about quantity and not quality. So quality control took a dive in the seventies. Um, and it's funny because people today younger than me won't say anything disparaging about seventies basses and, and guitars and stuff. Everybody like my age and older back in the eighties would be like, yeah, seventies instruments are garbage. Like, you know, if you can okay. find a seventies instrument that plays, they're trash. Right, right. Like, like if you found one that actually plays well, you're it's a miracle because they're all trash. You know, like I owned a '75, the neck warped, and that's what they told me. They're like, listen, like this just happens on these, right? So I I experienced that, and the bass that I played looked like the bass that I owned, but again, like since I had owned one, I'm like, oh, this is missing, this is missing, like this is an original, this is an original. Like I I knew enough about this instrument. And like, I'm still, I'm, I'm still considering it because my buddy's down there and he's like, dude, he's like, you know, you pay it. I'll go pick it up. We'll figure out how to get it to you, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking about it because Snowy, like the fact that they put all these parts together, I, I wish I would have thought of it because they just found the parts that worked. Uh, Cause like I've said, seventies instruments, typically don't play well like i've i've talked to people that have 70s instruments that are in great shape that people are like oh yeah i'll play for this oh it has character because this happens this happens like yeah it's called garbage it's called they did a shit job putting it together and you're trying to justify that you paid four grand for something that you could have gotten a better model for less because it's the 70s it's a bad year but it's vintage because it's old and the th- like with this particular one, nobody's really going to want it because it's like a mishmash of parts and it's not original. It's not worth as much, but it plays well. And that's what okay. I look for. Like I want an instrument that plays well. So I can't stop thinking about this bass. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, who, who knows by the time this episode comes out, will I own it? Will I not? I don't know. Um, but I, I really can't stop thinking about it because it's, it's also like a fucking brick like it's heavy man (laughs) and that's the thing is like i picked it up i saw it i'm like oh it's gonna be garbage i'm like it it's plays nicer than any other vintage instrument i played you know excellent i'm just like man i love this thing so yeah that 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 was my trip to uh to florida um, you know, I also had some great food. I tried a great uh, Cuban sandwich because I learned that the, um, I, like, I've always been a fan of Cubans, but apparently the Cuban and Miami and Tampa fight about who started the first Cuban, who originated it. Oh, um, yeah. So I tried a Tampa Cuban. Now I'll have to get to Miami, but it's fantastic. And can you believe, Snowy? Dun, 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 dun. This year is 40 years of. The Boss HM2. 
Ooh. <laughs> okay. 40. I actually kind of know what that is because of you. Yes. Well, and because <laughs> of Slaughter and... Um, right? Yeah. Um, and oh, tomb, shit. And Tomb, and tomb thank you. And then, of course, Rotten Sound. You know? Mm-hmm. Like all these bands that, um, you know, the HM2 is a big part of their sound. And it's funny because I think it discontinued in around 93 or 94, I thought, maybe 95, I don't mm-hmm. know. But it discontinues. And so it, it was only made for about 10 years. And after it discontinued is when it became a big deal, you know, ah. because you could get them cheap on the used market. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So that's all I got. What's going on with you, man? I'm so glad uh, that you're here for all the gear talk. Okay, for the for the listeners that really dig all of your your gear talk, it's like I wouldn't be able to bring that. Okay, and my dad always said, okay, I'll learn something new every day. <laughs> and you talking about you know like. 70s gear being garbage and all that i'm kind of like well i didn't know that there's okay. people that are that'll fight me on it because they're like no you can have this or it's character i'm like no it's trash like come on like just, just well, call it what it is i'm i'm glad you uh brought up the 70s because uh like the one of the main things in my metal fix this week, and it's 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 not even metal, but I I have to talk about it. I have to tell you about this awesome TV show that after just one episode, Mrs. Snowy and I we were hooked. It's absolutely fantastic. Do you have Prime Video, the the Prime streaming channel? Oh yeah. Okay, there is an absolutely fantastic ten. It it it's not it's it it it's not even a you know it's only one season if you want to call it that, but it's more like a ten part miniseries. It's called Daisy Jones and the Six. Have oh, you seen I've some trailers? Have well, you I've seen some trailers or or something like that? Maybe this is this is absolutely fantastic. Okay, it it's basically about the rise and fall of a uh, hard rock or a rock band in the mid seventies. Okay, and why see the rise and fall? You know, they were they were nobodies. You know, they make some lineup changes, they get big, and you know, I don't want to give too much, but it's basically like I said, the rise and fall of this band that burned very bright for a short period of time and then it kind of fizzled out and it was their own fault and it was it's absolutely fantastic it's totally based i don't think they've ever said it the producers or anything have ever said it but you can tell it's totally based on the drama of fleetwood mac back then with the drugs and the relationships and the breakups and the bullshit and all the crap that you know that has has come out over the years. It's 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 you know it's basically okay okay just so a movie that most of our listeners will have already be familiar with, Rockstar. I love that they, movie. They, dude. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's Ripper Owens and Judas Priest. You know, like as much as they kind of want to try to deny it or 
or say no 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 it 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 totally is and that that's exactly what this tv show is this 10 part every episode instead of episode one it's track one track two track three just little things like that those little nuances that just and it 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 just it, it it had us it had us the Daisy Jones, okay like the actors you know for the most part aren't really aren't aren't any really big names I I'd, I'd really only heard of one of them going into it, but the young lady that plays Daisy Jones, um, Riley Riley Kehoe. Kehoe? Oh, why do I know that name? Because she's Lisa Marie Presley's daughter. Yes! Elvis's granddaughter. That's right. We were about eight episodes in when I finally caved and Googled the, the, the cast of the show. And it's like, oh, shit. Well, it's no bloody wonder. <laughs> you know? It's no, no, like this, this. She was born to play this role. Like, yeah, it's in the blood. Literally. <laughs> you know? And I swear to God, like, we laughed, we air guitared, we cried. Like, those last couple episodes, I got the misty eyes, got the lump in my throat. I can hear the sniffling beside me and all that from Mrs. Snowy and all that. Absolutely fantastic. It was based, it was based on a book of the same name. And yeah, just 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 as soon as I can, I'm going to um, I'm going to grab the book and uh, just on a nice a nice winter Winnipeg night, I'm going to curl up with that and just live, relive the whole experience all over again. And there's a soundtrack album as well. I haven't like I was like I knew it existed, but before I went out and bought a soundtrack album like i better hear it first i better hear oh, yeah. the music and let me let, let me check out the show and while it's still it's still not something you know if it wasn't the soundtrack to this amazing you know this amazing series i doubt i would have bought you know an album by the six quote unquote but under these circumstances and i and i gave the record a uh, listen it's up on youtube it's got some cool stuff it's got some cool stuff not every song is a winner but it's definitely something to give a listen to so daisy jones and the six it's absolutely fantastic stuff and since you have prime um okay but it's 10 episodes each episode is almost an hour so oh, that's not bad. yeah it's still it's still it's a binge but it's definitely something, you know, I like I understand most 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 of our listeners. OK, well, I really don't dig music like this, Snowy. Well, why are you talking about this? Trust me, just watch the movie or the series. Just take it for what it is. And you're going to be thoroughly impressed. I did hit the record shops here, but um, I only picked up a couple albums this time around. I went to the. The good folks at um, Planet of Sound, shout out. And when I walked in and I checked out their new arrivals, I couldn't believe it. Okay, you you know you get that feeling, you know, when you see that new record. 
okay on the shops like 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 on the rack and in, in the shops and your eyes widen and you kind of take that inhale breath and you kind of hold it for a second you just kind of pick it up and you kind of and i'm doing it right now with this record and I, you kind of stare at it and, and all that well they had a vinyl copy of cryptic slaughter's third album speak your peace p-e-a-c-e yeah yeah like i've had the first two cryptic slaughter records we've played them on the show okay we've had ex-members of cryptic on on the show we're spoiler alert we're going to be talking about one a little bit later on i've never had this record though and i never really saw much of it when it was originally you know on the racks in the late 80s there and all that so yeah i got really excited when i saw that here let's we'll get to a track from that record as soon enough and as well same same shop same same trip i finally okay found a i finally own a vinyl copy actually i've never had a cd or cassette of this i don't know why it's taken well, 1985, I don't know why it's taken all of these years to finally get a copy of the Scorpions Worldwide Live Classic Double Album. Oh, wow. Holy jeez. <clears throat> Do you remember when Worldwide Live first came out? Oh, well, Worldwide Live, just double live albums in general seemed to be a big thing in the 80s, at least for metal bands. It was, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, Maiden Slayer crew, and Worldwide Live was was one of them that was right up there. But I I don't know what what it was. I just never, it just never made its way home until until now. So super stoked, super stoked. Uh, let's get on with some tunes here because we've been yapping for quite a while, but. You know, we've had a lot that we had to get out there. So we're going to get into some tunes now. A really cool record across my desk, available now from the good folks at 20 Bucks Spin. They're always got one new record. Really cool coming out at end at any given time. The New York Death Metalers Ruin Lust. Their new record. Dissimulant tint, Miss Ah, I know, I know. You know what? There's a member of Ruin Listen of of Ruin Lust is listening to this right now, and they're cringing. firing. <laughs> they're just cringing and firing their their iPad, iPod, their whatever across across the room. So we're gonna make it up to them and. For all of my wrestling fans and our crossover listeners at Wrestling Night in Canada, from this album, I absolutely had to play the song Imperium.
The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Brocast podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Brocast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast... Or playing in punk bands. Or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums. Then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots.
From that aforementioned, brand new to Snowy's collection, Cryptic Slaughters, Speak Your Peace. That is Insanity by the Numbers. Really, really cool stuff. Yeah, I'm super stoked for these two records that should have been in my collection since the 80s, in all honesty. But, hey, what what do we say on the show, man? Like, you can't. You can't own everything. You can't listen to everything. You know, but we you're always we, we we try try as we might, and people actually get surprised when you know I'm at a show and someone will say, "Hey, Snow, have you heard this record? Have you you know this?" Uh, yeah, I kind of know of what you speak. I can't say I've ever actually heard it, and sometimes there's look of disappointment on their face. It's like telling them Santa Claus is real. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm so, it's like, sorry, I don't mean to shatter your illusion of me, <laughs> but that's just kind of the way it is. So, yeah, yeah, super stoked for that. Another thing that I was super stoked for, as a matter of fact, was it last, my last metal fix, or maybe the week before that, I was beaming about the not on the heap um story of Lee Kirkslake documentary that is now available up on Thunderflix and then I find out it's also available on Tubi and as you know as kind of as a recap Mr. Kirkslake was um a member of Uriah Heap from uh 1970 to 79 he was the skin beater for them and then would go on to uh, work with Ozzy Osbourne in a various, he was just, he was a really good hand, you know, to have in the record industry, like from the early 70s all the way up till his untimely death, you know, um, just a couple of years back. Well, I was blown away by this doc. Okay, and there's a lot of good docs up on Tubi, like, you know, like, if you're ever looking for something just to you want to check out something you want to you know feed your metal heart and your metal brain with with uh something new okay something because you're always going to learn something from them go on to tubi find one of these documentaries and take out a subscription to uh thunderflix as well it's like seven bucks a month and it's totally worth it. I've, you know, I've, uh, it's, it's paid off for me more than once already. So this fantastic documentary had me just, just thinking about all of the amazing musicians, I would say, that have made up the Ozzy Osbourne band over the years. Okay. Because like, it's, it's a, it's an all-star lineup for sure. Like these weren't just musicians. Okay. Like, like, like an artist like Brian Adams. Okay. Like everyone knows who Brian Adams is. No one knows or really gives a flying fuck about, um, anyone playing with him on stage. You can't say the same thing about Ozzy or even Alice Cooper as well. Agreed. <clears throat> because they've always had, He's always had these amazing musicians, okay, that 
have built a name for themselves, not only for playing in Aussie, but going on and doing their own thing, or they were doing their own thing, and Aussie recruited them for a tour or a studio session or whatever. And it, it's just an amazing who's who. And, you know, with Ozzy recently making the news as well, saying he wants to do one more record and he wants to do one more tour right after everyone was like, dude, you're going to die if you do anything more. Just yeah. just go home and relax and listen to old Beatle albums for the rest of your life. Like, you've earned the time off, but apparently that's not what the shrew has in in mind for him so uh we thought this would be a good time to kind of give our own little top five shall we say to um some of our favorite members of the ozzy osborne's band over the years so um yeah dude uh do you have one that's what's okay What's the first one when you think Ozzy's band? What's the first name that pops out? Randy Rhodes. You know what? Yeah. (laughs) It's always going to be Randy for me, the first one, because, uh, well, because of the tragedy, right? Because of how Mm -hmm. he left the band and the, the plane crash. But just for those couple records, the stamp he left on rock and roll, I mean, The amount of times I have listened to Crazy Train, whether I am just Mm -hmm. listening to it because I enjoy it, or whether I am sitting down to learn the bass or the guitar part, like I have studied the composition of that song for so many years now, dude. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's just not even funny. I mean, however long I've had this bass, which is somewhere like, you know, um, 1985, right? So, since 1985, I've been studying that song, and Randy Rose is just like, boom, front and center of my mind almost all the time, whether I like it or not. It's to the point now where, even though it was only two albums, after all of these years, yes, he's Randy Rhodes. As much as Zach Wilde has given his stamp on Ozzy's sound and everything over the years, it's still Ozzy and Randy over the years. Like, oh, yeah. it's those two, will, it'll always be, you know, like it's all, it's, it's almost like your first love. Okay. Like, you're, it, unless it ends like really, really horribly. Okay, you're always going to have fond memories and you're always going to have a connection to that first person. Now, for me personally, it's Mrs. Snowy. She's my first and one and only, so it doesn't really apply to me. But for most for most people, like, yeah, I'll always equate Ozzy, you know, with, you know, they 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 had that rock and roll marriage that only ended because of a very stupid, you know, idea, you know, that took one of the all-time greats. So, yeah, obviously, Randy Rhodes, you asked 10 Aussie fans the same question, and 9 out of 10, they will say Randy. On that same note, 
too, though, and it's kind of connected. Even though um, this guy never recorded any actual albums, but he did the the those three, you know, those three famous important Aussie live albums: "Speak of the Devil," "Tribute," and "Aussie Live." And that's one Randy Rudy Sarzo. Sarzo wasn't on a recorded record. No, no, it wasn't. Really? Yeah, I could, <laughs> no, it was it because he he wasn't in the band for a long for a long time. He makes my top five here because I'm still a huge Quiet Riot fan. Well, yeah, okay, Sarzo is another one for me as well. <clears throat> Okay. Yeah. Just just like Randy Rhodes, people forget pre Aussie, he was in Quiet Riot as well. Well, he was so. he, like in the eighties. He just kept shuffling back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. You know until finally he had. Uh, I think because it was Carlos Cavazzo that was on the Metal Health album. It wasn't Randy. So uh, I guess the accident had happened, and thus recruiting Carlos. See, I'm doing this off the top of my head, <laughs> and sometimes that doesn't yeah. that does that doesn't always work. But yeah, yeah, just because I'm just a big fan of the guy and his stuff in White Snake was cool as well. Rudy Sarzo is definitely on my list. What do you got? So actually. We're two for two, both yeah. of us. <laughs> yeah, two for two. That's okay. All right. Yeah. Um, okay. G- give me something different. Well, the next one for me is going to be Bob Daisley. Oh, okay. Um, and it's another bass player, right? And But the mm-hmm. reason is because it's his bass line I've been studying since 1985. You know, okay. I, I could not pick this man out of a lineup. I have no idea what he looks like. Um, I didn't know anything else about him until I started like looking this up for our conversation today. Okay. But dude, he, I mean, like I didn't even realize all the stuff he's played on, but um, he, he's the bassist that I've been listening to on Aussie albums for years. Right. I mean, Right. He's on Blizzard of Oz. He's on Diary of a Madman. He's on Bark of the Moon. Those were three mm-hmm. records I listened to a lot. You know, mm-hmm. heck, he's even on No More Tears. And that bass line, that do 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 boom, that that's a mm-hmm. really famous bass line. You know, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I no, the I totally get that. Baby shampoo album. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> Right on, right on. No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. He was actually uh, him and him and Mr. Kirk Kirk Kirkslake, they had so many problems with credit and all that for their contributions to uh to those first two albums particularly, because in the Not On This Heap documentary, Kirkslake is actually quite open about how the shrew, Ozzy's wife, okay, kind Dude. of uh, did every everything she I could. I just on record. Snowy said that, uh, Mrs. Osborne. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it, Sharon. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, the, the, these opinions. Well, <laughs> well, the um, according to Kurt, Mr. Kirk's legs and Days and and Daisley, they did. She did everything they could, according to this, to wipe out. You know their contribution, their existence on these records, and finally, as the doc was was dying down. The platinum records that they earned did finally show up, and credit was restored. So we got to we got to give credit to her for that. She finally, you know, she finally made right there for that. So yeah, I definitely don't have Daisley on, but I have Mr. Kirkslake, obviously, being a Uriah Heap fan myself, because he was a uh, he was the driving force from that from. 71 to 79 like imagine imagine the 70s without uriah heap like wow oh, yeah. yeah for sure for sure i'm glad we had a little bit of uh cryptic slaughter talk a little bit earlier because mr one blasco rob nicholson who um jumped on the Oz, the 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 crazy train shall we say with the black rain record and then the scream album uh, and I think I think Nicholson is still with Ozzy today, but yeah, Blasco. Yeah, yeah, like underground metal fans will remember and hardcore, I guess as well, will remember him most from his time with Cryptic Slaughter. So it's like, ha, huh, the the rock and roll gods kind of smile down on us today when uh, when that record popped up. And we were going to be talking about this as well. So yeah, and I also knew a guy in high school with that same name. Believe it or not, not 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 Blasco, but yeah, but Rob Rob Nicholson. It's it it's actually okay. Like when you think about it, it's one of those rock and roll success stories. Okay, because it's not like like we love Cryptic Slaughter on this show and all that, and they had their following back in the eighties and all that, but it's it's not like they were this huge name. Okay, it's the same thing with Flotsam and Jetsam. Great band had their following. It's not like they were a huge name. You know where I'm going with that. Okay, same thing. Suicidal tendencies. Awesome band, we love them. Have their following, but it's not like they're a household name. Right now, members of these three bands kind of hop on, you know, on with a more, a more well-known, you know, house household name type band, and all the success to them. So, yeah, it's a good story. Good, good stories to tell there. I, every every artist, okay, should have the, should write a book or have, and most of them do, yeah. <laughs> but even even like some of your quote unquote lesser known, you know, guys in bands like Cryptic Slaughter and and all that, like there's a story there to tell. And I really think that they should do that. But these bands, you know, they're humble. They don't think that 
oh, no, no one's going to buy a book about us, you know, when there's all these other books and all that. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would be more... I, I would be more um, apt to uh, pick up a book about Flotsam and Jetsam and Jason Newstead than a, a you know a yet another Motley Crue book. But hey, that's that's just me. What do you got? Well, Zach Wild. Hmm. And I mean, Zach is is really probably one of the most iconic Aussie members, you know, band members, um, really, other than Randy Rhodes. <clears throat> oh, for sure. You know, and the and the only other guy that can really hold his own with him. And and it's funny because I'm I'm looking here, and apparently he left Aussie in '92. I'm like, really? But then he was back in '95, and then '98, and I. It felt like more than five years that he was an Aussie because, like, when when Zach came on board, it was like Ozzy was just reborn, right? Mm-hmm. Like he comes on board, you know, and I remember the the interviews with him where he's like, "Yeah, he's like I'm a big health nut. I've been making Ozzy work out with me, you know, and and." <laughs> Ozzy was in phenomenal shape during those years, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, those, those early years were when he came on. So yeah, man, Zach, Zach. Wow. The evolution of Zach too, over the decades. Okay. Cause you remember like those, like when he was, he was just a kid when Ozzy discovered him. Oh yeah. And he had like the way he looked, you know, he had, the 80s hair metal look. Oh, yeah. Okay. His, you know, he looked like a pretty boy in Pride and Glory. You know, he looked like a pretty boy in those first two records. But as he got older, like, his look and all that kind of evolved to, like, Biker Zach. You know, that's kind of what he, he went from pretty boy to, like, biker look. Yeah. It was... It, it was it was interesting to watch, like and like you could say that for a lot of artists that have changed physically, and I think we talked about it as a topic a couple of years back. Physically, so many art artists that have changed over the years, shaved their head, grew a beard. Scott Ian, like <laughs> picture Scott Ian in that first that first or second anthrax record yeah and now picture scotty and now like you were you were you were chuckling because it's wow and oh, the same day. thing can be said about the same thing can be said about zach yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. zach definitely looks more like a hell's angel than a guitarist for ozzy mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah. yeah and the last guy on my list here this is the closest that radioactive metal has ever got to having Ozzy on the show. But um, Gus G from Firewind was with the band for the Scream record and tour and all that. And um, like Firewind, like I would have had, I would have had Mr. G on regardless just for his work with Firewind. You know, and that's how we did manage to 
get him on because you know his PR is like, hey, hey, there's a new Firewind record. Do you want to talk to Gus G? Uh, are you asking me if I want to talk to a former members of Ozzy's band? I, did you just really ask that? Yes, I I want to talk. I want to talk to Gus G. Like, come on. So yeah, that that was a lot of fun and seeing. Seeing Firewind play at the old zoo, like I've talked about that club here many times over the years, so many great memories. And it's not like it's a huge club, it only holds about 300 people. To see a member of Ozzy's band, you know, playing that small stage right in front of you, front row, center and all that, it's it's phenomenal. Like, I would never change you know these these memories for anything and that's you know my chat with gus g will will always be a uh always be a special memory and you, you have to be careful too because you want to talk aussie shit but he's you know he's pushing a record he's got his agenda and we're here to help his agenda and all that so <laughs> so it's like okay what's the balance here right okay 70 30 firewind but make that 30 percent count <laughs> you know and i think we did i hope we got lots of listeners that you know like yeah fuck yes no i remember that all that so yeah that's kind of ah, that's kind of my list here what have you got here to kind of wrap this up well this is a tough one right because there's, I mean, we've had so many in common, and I really, like, those are the ones that stick out for me the most. Everybody we talked about, the only other one that would really stick out for me would be, like, Phil Susan, and I don't even know why, because, okay. I, like, I know the name, but he only played on, oh, I lost him here. He played on the Ultimate Sin, and he played on Ultimate Live Aussie. Oh, okay. That's it. Like, I mean, he was barely in the band. He's been there for like two years, right? But I associate him forever with Aussie, and I don't know why. But then there's like other guys. Like, I, I mean, when you opened up with saying, you know, that Aussie has great band members. I mean, dude, Carmen Apice played drums, mm -hmm. right? Pete Way played bass. Yeah. Yeah. And how about that? Jakey Lee, who nobody talks about. Like, Jakey Lee <laughs> kind of took a beating, right? He did, unnecessarily. Yeah. Like, Brad Gillis steps in and does the worst thing ever, right? He has to pick up right after Ozzy passes, or not uh, Ozzy, after Randy passes, right? Yeah. And yeah. then right after him, Jakey Lee gets the gig, and we all talk about Jakey Lee, and then he just disappears. We never hear from him again, right? But then Tommy Aldridge on drums. You know, um, <laughs> let's see here. Who's another one to stand at? Well, Robert Trujillo. Uh, Jason Newstead. Geezer Butler even came back and joined Ozzy. <laughs> you know, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool seeing Geezer doing some Ozzy tunes? Fantastic. Honestly, like if um if, if Tony Iommi doesn't want to play, I think that Ozzy, Geezer, and Bill Ward should play. 
I just do so- something, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So uh, that's that's kind of where, where we'll leave it here. Okay. All right. Now, what what about what 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 I was thinking? Like, how would okay. you rate the opening acts based on what would be your your ultimate Halloween show? And and we'll narrow it down here. So I'll pick a few. So Metallica, Motley Crue. Right, because crew uh-huh. was in '83, Metallic was '86, um, but then on the No More Tours tour was Alice in Chains, and okay. then Sepultura, right, was oh. on it. I don't um, even remember that, and I should. Let's see here, and I was looking for one more. Okay, here we go. Oh, Def Leppard. There we go. Oh, okay. See, that's the thing that Ozzy has. Okay, yeah, he's got a he's got a reputation for a lot of negative things. Most were kind of bullshit, I think. But if you give him credit for one thing, it's the amount of bands that he took as support that went on. You know, they were they were already cutting their teeth in the scene at a couple. You know good records that were you know carving their own niche yeah but then he takes them on the road with them and then it's just these bands go through the roof and become legendary in their own right yeah 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 so you had you kind of had this idea as well since we were talking about ozzy and all that and with the halloween spirit so kind of explain this to me again all right, so we've got those bands, right? And basically mm-hmm. put them in order of what would be the ultimate lineup to see on Halloween to your least favorite lineup you'd want to see oh. on Halloween. Right. Okay. Um, for me, okay, I... Like if 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 we're trying to catch the spirit of Halloween mm-hmm. with that, really, like Crew would have been would have done it the best because that was metal Crew. That was shout at the devil Crew. Yes. That was, you know, that was the Motley Crew that I enjoyed the most and how I discovered them and and all that. And then that like that kind of their kind of imagery back then suited the halloween spirit the most agreed yeah, yeah. and that, that's uh, that's my top pick too like like mm-hmm. that, that's my number one i'd want to see 83 crew and ozzy on halloween i think that would be an insane <laughs> tour yeah right. yeah so so who's your number two then i had totally forgotten that sepultura was a thing with them and like what do you, do you have what year they, 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 they toured like it. It, it had no to more been... tours. It had to be somewhere in the in the mid nineties. Okay, yeah. So it was probably still with uh, Max. It was probably the Roots record. Yes, yeah, that okay. sounds about right. Because that's that was their biggest record, and that's how they would have discovered them and all that. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with them because back then they were still, like Sepultura was still doing, and to this day, a lot of the, 
the early classic stuff from the thrash roots, you know, the darker stuff, they, 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 they still play today. That that's a nice fit in there. So I'm definitely going to go with Sepultura there. See, my number two would be uh, Metallica on the '86 tour. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely one that I would be thinking of as well. I would go with that for enough for number three. There was just that it was so cool as Metallica fans, and I was a bigger Metallica fan than an Aussie fan back then because those first well four Metallica records like 80s Metallica is still like right up there yeah for me as one of my favorite bands and just one of my favorite you know they made you know and a number of other bands they made the 80s just so amazing and when Ozzy took them on and gave them, you know, it was the, it was, they were, they, they were pushing the master record. He gave them a stage set with the banner and, and all that, because I guess Ozzy knew, okay, this band is going to be something special. We already knew them as something special. And I didn't, even then, even though even though they were getting the the big Aussie push and all that, and people were actually noticing the Master Puppets record, I still never saw them going through the roof. Okay, o- other people did. <laughs> okay, and uh, it's it's just an absolutely magical moment, like from from Aussie to uh, surviving the loss of Cliff Burton and continuing on and making such an incredible record after that with Injustice for All. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Great choice, great choice. All right, who's your yeah. three? Um, uh, the only real thing that, that kind of fits in that, and if, even then it's not really, really ha- Halloween-y, but when I caught... When Ozzy came through town, the one and only time, believe it or not, only saw Ozzy once. Okay, and I never saw Sabbath with Ozzy. Um, Rob Halford, the band Halford, was the support. Oh, yeah. And, and I, okay, like, I know they're not going to do a bunch of Judas Priest stuff, but I don't care. Like, I've got one of the Halford albums. And I know the awesome shit that this band plays and what they're capable of. And it's fucking Rob Halford. I've actually had people like on my Clark Kent job, one of the other drivers, okay, for another company, he would come in and we would talk music every once in a while. He was an old, he was an old school guy. He said he too went to that same Aussie show, but he missed, he missed Halford. I'm like, well, how, how the fuck can you do that? Well, I was going with my buddy, and my buddy was kind of like, I'm not in any hurry to see this Halford band, okay? Because, yeah, I know it's Rob Halford, but he's not going to do any Judas Priest stuff. It's gonna He's just going to play a bunch of stuff that I don't know. Oh, dude. And I'm like, <clears throat> and I can't give this guy I'm talking to heck, because he's talking about his buddy, but... 
on the inside, I'm still getting a little steamed. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, yeah, he's not going to do Priest, although he ended up doing the two Priest cover songs. Okay, what, Diamond and Rust and the Green Man Alishi. Um, but the rest of the stuff was fantastic, and it's Rob fucking Halford. So I told, I told my buddy, the next time you see your friend, you give him shit. You give him shit for that. Like, who the fuck passes up? Rob Halford could step on the stage, okay, step up to a podium, pull out the phone book, okay, and start reading it. And I'll be front row center for that. Okay, remember Bruce Dickinson was doing his spoken word thing. Oh, a couple I see years that heartbeat, ago now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Imagine, imagine, you know, how Halford doing the same thing. The stories that guy has would just would just be absolutely off the hook. So, yeah, yeah, Halford is definitely one of the. And it's, it's it's too bad. There's probably never going to be another Halford album like ever again. You know, the reality is the guy is is getting up there. Well, no, you know what? Ah, oh, ah, oh, oh no, I'm going to take that back. Because, and I'll, okay, Halford is a few years older than Bruce Dickinson. Dickinson is threatening a new solo album, though. Is he really? Yeah, yeah. And he's, I don't think there's, Dickinson has had a dud of a solo record. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Look, looking forward to that. So that's kind of what I got. All right. My what next one would have to something? be Sepultura. Right. Probably for a lot of the reasons that that I said, but I don't want to speak for you. Oh, no, no. Same thing, man. Like, like the Roots record. And the funny thing is when Roots came out, I I didn't get into it. And, you know, I knew people listened to it. And so I probably didn't get into it until closer to 10 years after. And what a record. Man, I love that record. Mm-hmm. You know. It's fantastic, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I would have loved to have seen that tour. And then, you know, Alice in Chains would have probably been next, and definitely at the end of my list would be Def Leppard. Def Leppard's just not a Halloween band. No, it's not, but what year was that? Did you have it? Was it the Pyromania e- record? One. Okay, that w- that's even better. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. it been good. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's my Def Leppard, the first three records. You know, that's for sure, for sure. And that goes back to what I was saying. Like, Ozzy has taken so many of these bands on the road with them and uh, made made them, or yeah. at least made a very strong contribution in making them. And hopefully, sometime down the line all of this praise and all of these accolades we're throwing at these these bands will be saying to the same band in tonight's indie spotlight we're always on the lookout for fresh new talent check out this indie spotlight Yes, metal. There is a Virginia. 
I'm, wait, am I using that right? Is I it, think that's close, yeah. Yes, Sounds good to me. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. Yes, okay. I wasn't, I wasn't too sure. But, of course, the astute listeners on this program already know that Richmond, Virginia is somewhat of a hotbed for aggressive music. Like, fucking guar. Well... They, okay, maybe a lot of the bands didn't, like, it's not like London or New York where the, you know, they have those bands that blew up, okay? But Richmond has been consistent over the years, producing a lot of really cool stuff. And like I said, you know, as we wrapped up the last segment, I'm hoping um, they're going to continue that consistency once Thrasher's Vigil kind of keep keep at it and getting their name out, they've uh, got, and I love this, okay? The name of their new release, which is available on Bandcamp now, is called Demo 2023. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I'm not even being a smartass or anything. I dig that because that is a nice throwback to the old demolition days, the old 80s tape trading, the old demo days and all that. That is a nice callback to that. So good on them. So, since we are so impressed with everything that Vigil is doing on the outside, let's get into what we got going on on the inside, namely a really cool track. Once again... In tonight's Indie Spotlight, this is Richmond, Virginia's Vigil with Abhorrence.
vigilthrash.bandcamp.com go there i believe it's uh pay what you can pay what you want type thing but don't be cheap send him a couple bucks as a matter of fact buy this on cassette you know like demo 2023 i'm all in on that so check them out well my friend Another uh, another uh, awesome episode in the books, and one step closer to our da 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 seventeenth year anniversary. How can uh, people get a hold of us? Well, dear Snowman, radioactivemetal.org. All the episodes, past, present, and future. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's the Apple Podcasts app, whether it is. Whatever Android users do, I, how do Android users listen to podcasts? I really don't know. Um, um, but but what, we, whatever you do, we, just, we find the episode and we download it. Yeah, but where? Like, I I have an Android and an Apple phone. My Android is the one that's not used as much, and I can't get around it. I really can't. I just can't find stuff. But anyway, I'm old. Anyway, but so we just never told you. I know it's terrible. So you want to (laughs) see what movies are going on with Snowy this month here and uh, see if you can keep up. If you have the palate to stomach 31 horror movies, Um, go to facebook.com slash rad metal. And you can see other pictures of fun things that we do at rad metal 666. And that's on the Instagram. And let's see here. Um, we are also proud members of the Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com. And um, thanks to them, we're also on Spotify. So if you go to Spotify, look for the Shining Wizards Network. You will find us there with them. And it's a fantastic group of people, lots of great podcasts, including our sister podcast, A Wrestling Night in Canada, where the host sounds mm-hmm. so much like Snowy. Yeah, yeah. We just had just last night, then the new episode will be up probably by the time you're first hearing this. But there's a lot of cool stuff going down in the world of pro wrestling these last couple of days. So you're going to want to tune in and hear all of our bullshit about it. For sure, for sure. Um, and I think that's it once again. Um, in the meantime and in between time, that's it. This has been, with a little help of my friends, episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. Signing off.